Welcome back to Masters of CX, a podcast by Chattermill, where we cover all things customer experience. I'm João, your host, and we're here to help companies and individuals become more customer-centric in order to win in today's volatile business world. We believe this is now the decade of CX, and our mission is simple. Bring you the most actionable insights from the world's leading CX experts and operators, so you can use CX as your new engine for growth. Hi, Rodrigo. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today, Masters of CX. It's great to have you here. How have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you so much for this invitation. Pretty happy to contribute to this, this opportunity here with you, John. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great pleasure. Yeah, we usually like to start with three quick fire questions to get uh, the conversation going and give us a window into who Rodrigo is beyond uh, customer experience as well. So the first one being, what's a book or podcast recently that you've been really moved by and recommending people? Oh, there's a several, I can say several books that is about, about CX, but one that is a kind of a Bible for me is the Capturing the Royal of CX that was issued by Forrester. And I believe that Forrester is one of the big uh, institutes that is uh, touching uh, CX from, from the last years. And I believe that's a good reference. Another one that I can recommend is Outside In book. This uh, was issued by Harley Manning and Carrie Bodin, if I'm not wrong, exactly the, the surname of the author. Because uh, this last one, I believe that's the best one, because how can we see the way of work outside of your business? So how uh, the customer is seeing your product, your service, and how can you bring these uh, perceptions from these customers to your business? How can you contribute in terms of process in the design of experience in your, in your business based on uh, perception for the customers. So I believe this is the main aspect that, that we need to take into account to contribute to develop a CX journey in the company. So this book I recommend a lot. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Second question is, what's a CX inspiration for you? Be it a person or a company, what uh, institution or person like always inspires you? In the market, I can say that, of course, Amazon is one of the big companies that can inspires a lot. Jeff Bezos was the was one, one person when uh, he was in of... front of, uh, yeah, the king of CX worldwide, <laughs> I can say this way in these words. Because the, Amazon has developed one, one important thing. So how can I buy one book, one electronic or another product with just one click. So I believe that uh, is good and when we, we simplify the process, when we simplify the way of working to obtain a product, obtain a service. And I believe that this way of working is inspiring us a lot, inspiring as well. How can we be more effective? How can we, be, how can we input efficiency in our process as well? So I believe okay. that's a big inspiration. Another one that I can consider in the, the point of view is Steve Jobs, of course, because we are obtaining customer experience through these uh, important innovation products. Mm-hmm. So I believe that you can combine innovation with uh, efficient processes. So I believe that these pairs, I believe that it needs to be considered in terms of customer experience. And of course, talking about people, I believe that in this, uh, this session, we talk a lot about people that is in the center of everything. Absolutely. And yeah, those two inspire like every type of professional in any, in right. any place in business from product to CX to right. marketing. Everything. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the third one is what type of activity in your day-to-day at Volvo gives you the most energy? Because we think it's a clear signal of what uh, Rodrigo's superpower is. So should you give us <laughs> some, some insight into that? Oh, I believe that is the way of work with our dealers. 
because we have about 200 dealers spread around Latin America. And we know that uh, there are a lot of uh, different ways of working, depends on the region of the country, region of the, the South America region. And each company has uh, own DNA. And based on that, we need to inspire those guys in order to deliver a good customer experience to our customers. And I believe this big challenge that we have on this way is how can we put everybody into the same level? We know that's a big challenge, it's difficult because uh, we have a different ways of working, of course, but how can we inspire those guys to do the same practices? How can we inspire guys to have a more linear processes? How can we challenge those guys that the customer is the center of everything? Sometimes we have people looking to the, their own business, how can make them a lot of money with that, with, with a product, with a service, with a workshop services, etc. But how can we consider the customer as the on the top of the revenues in the company? So sometimes it's difficult because uh, the, some of these companies are very old, not old in terms of old-fashioned, but old in terms of the history. And of course, we need to take into account the history of these companies. We can we can use this experience that they have to input better practices with our customers. How can we balance this this long way of working? based on this new economy that a lot of new things that we are facing as uh, digitalization, servitization, a lot of things like that. I believe that's the big challenge. This, this gives us a lot of energy because we have every day we have a different problem to solve. Every day we have a different issue to, to deal with in our team. How can we improve that aspect? How can we solve that problem for a specific customer? How can we develop a new way of work with these customers? This is, I can say, gives a lot of energy. Definitely. I think it's like there's, a, I don't think there's one team or one division in a company like CX that is so directly correlated to right. the volatility of a business uh, cycle right. or the industry. So yeah, you just feel it directly. I think that's what makes it exciting to work in CX. You're feeling the, yes. the problems every day changing. Yeah, actually, only to complement that, I believe that uh, is more a kind of a relation uh, P2P mm. to people. Of course, we have our products, we have our services, we have our companies and uh, the, the customer's company as well. But we need to think about people-to-people -people relationships. So this is the main thing that is driving us in terms of customer experience that we need to take into account a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you need to love you need to love interaction with people, which is... Right, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And what does customer experience mean to you? It's a loaded question where everyone has their own uh, view of it. What's your personal customer experience philosophy? Yeah, I believe that as I have a background in quality, I believe that quality is to pay attention to details. And when we pay attention in terms of details of the processes, details of the relationship that we have with our customers, and add the value of our product and services, we are thinking about customer experience. Sometimes I see a lot of good quotes talking about customer experience, but more I can see a romantic side. When you put your, your hands in the grass and you see in, in the foot on the ground, okay, there's a lot of things that you need to do in terms of the details. And when you consider that we are working details in terms of the process that is facing with our customers and look what are the main pain points that we have in this journey, and not the big, the high-level journey. I'm talking about the process journey, the specific process journey with our customers. We have a, a lot of conditions to uh, improve step by step. So that's why we need people in our teams that understand how the things are doing, understand how the things uh, are going on in the field that we call in our industry, we call about Gemba. How can we see 
uh, with your own eyes, uh, the things happening there. And uh, customer experience is, is not only a dashboard, it's not only a philosophy, it's not only a simple way of working. So you need to be next to the customer, you need to be facing uh, the customer operations to understand what is going on and how can we improve this, these processes. It's a, a, a continuous improving journey, I can say. So every day you have a new thing to improve. Every uh, interaction with our customers, you have uh, something to, to attack, you need to, something to review, and it's quite impossible to work in a high level in customer experience only. So you need to use a kind of a drone view. Sometimes you are high, sometimes you need to be close to the customer, sometimes you need to be in a medium high in order to see, okay, the things here are going well, yes or no, or we need to put your hands in the details and improve those processes. So this is... This means customer experience for me. Definitely. Yeah, I think the mix of bottom-up and top-down is like one of the big challenges that right. professionals face in this space. Very yes. cool. And in terms of, it might be within this framework that we just talked, but in your role as a customer experience manager and everything at Volvo, what are some of the biggest challenges you face on a day-to-day -day basis? And why do you find them very challenging and exciting at the same time? So I believe that the big, the big challenge that we are facing right now is to improve our vehicle uptime. So this is the main thing for, for our customers. We are talking about business to business customers. They buy a truck, not only to get a ride and things like that. So go to the beach with a truck. So they buy trucks to make money. So we believe to improve the way of working in our company in terms of our dealers, the workshops, and, and the, even the product, technically speaking, that we need to put this truck on the road. So we need to maximize the experience to, of our customers with the truck on the road. This is a big challenge because we need to have a preventive maintenance. That's part of the game, but we need to avoid the corrective maintenance or even a breakdown. That's why we are using a lot of analytics, telematics, data to obtain uh, information from the trucks and combine with our, with our internal systems to try to identify what are the main pain points what are the main issues that we need to improve in order to avoid any disruption, any breakdown, as an example. This is the big challenge. And this is exciting me a lot because right now we are working with uh, a more data-driven company. So we have hired one consultancy a company to uh, help us in order to develop a new data lake. How can you combine different parameters from the truck, combine with our services area? A lot of things in order to identify what are the main opportunities to improve services in the field. And this is exciting a lot because it's a new thing. So we are talking about big data, about data analytics, about machine learning. So we are hiring new professionals that we believe that is important for this moment, that we didn't think before. So in the past, these kind of professionals were not necessary. On that time, we were working only with engineers. Right now, we, are, we need more data scientists. We need more people focusing in the customer uh, behavior. Some market side, I can say, but I believe that the customer behavior is part of the game. And combining this with the data, I believe that we can bring different experiences. We need to work in different sprints to improve these, these outputs on the field. This is very exciting. And it's difficult to find those professionals, especially <laughs> in this uh, trucks industry, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they're like now working in the top software companies and everything. You need to battle with them to get the talent. But yeah, it's right. interesting, this trend like of how data is becoming even more and more important than uh, builders sometimes to inform decisions, to focus on that 80-20, understanding what 20% yes. of your whole day-to-day -day, yeah. like uh, generates the most results. Yeah, and the way we are by voting from a product company to a services company. 
So uh, we have a product as the base, but we have a lot of things to develop in terms of services. And this is quite new for the engineers, right? Those guys were working more in a tangible environment. Right now, we, we are working more intangible environment using data. And we need to transform this data in information. And based on information, we need to take decisions and we need to use more wisdom data. This is a kind of thing that I'm learning as well. And uh, our team is deeply involved in that. How can we improve the way we work in these aspects, right? For sure, Maybe. for sure. And in, that, in light of that, is there, are there any issues with a metrics-driven approach usually? What do you, how do you think about gov- practicing CX from the top down using a metrics-driven approach? Do you think there's a downside to it or do you think there, you need to balance it with another type of approach? Well, I can say in terms of Volvo, we are pretty open to working with this uh, customer experience. Of course, in the past was more difficult because we need to combine the business strategy. We need to combine the business plan with CX. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that past, it was quite difficult. But right now, it's part of the strategy. We, we don't have any difficulty to deploy this in the whole company. And right now, we are working with employee experience as well. Because we believe that our people, not only we, we that are in front of the customers talking about customer experience are involved with this. The whole company is part of the customer experience and the customer success. That's why we are using a lot of internal campaigns to show the people that the customer view is important. That's why the outside in, that's the book that uh, I mentioned before, is very important. So this is a kind of an open-minded approach that we are using there. Of course, uh, we are a global company. And sometimes we have a hierarchy that it's sometimes it's difficult to deploy some information on other, but I can say that everybody's involved with this and we have any difficulty right now. It's a, it's a process that we start some years ago. Absolutely. And, and right now everybody's involved with that. Very cool. Very cool. And understanding that Volvo, like you said, is a huge company, offices in the main cities around the world. How do you see the challenge of like scaling customer experience culture throughout the organization? And even throughout all the teams within the organization, we see a lot of companies going through challenges with that, especially in a moment like today where change is so volatile, so intense. Yeah. How do you think about professionals who want to scale uh, a CX culture throughout the organization? How How would you recommend they go about it? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I believe that we need to have a top down way of working. Otherwise, we quite difficult. If you don't have the top management involved in customer experience and the customer success and put the customer at the center of the company, this will be a big battle, I can say. Yeah. If you start in, uh, in the bottom level with the different areas, I believe that can, yeah, can improve a bit, but will not be a big change. We not have a culture uh, way of working. Yeah? So based on that, it's important to have some sponsors in the top management. Of course, uh, 100% of the, the directors or VPs or SVPs will not be involved with that in the beginning. But as soon as we are deploying this uh, person by person, I believe that this is this can help a lot. But of course, this top manager needs to see that customer at the center is important to the company and brings money, bring money as well. We can have revenues based on customer experience, but it's not one month to another. It's a part of a long journey. And if the top manager that understands that is very important, that can add a lot of value to the company and develop the loyalty with our customers. I believe that uh, we can convince as fast as possible. But at this time to, uh, to develop this way of work, this mindset in the company takes some time, a long time sometimes. And uh, my recommendation is that they find some sponsors. Yeah. Otherwise, it's better you uh, look for another company. <laughs> so <laughs> it's quite easier and it's, it's faster than uh, try to fight against a culture that's not focused in the customer. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you think we understand the needs to flow from the top down and everything, but 
How would you enforce like the people in the front lines or in the front lines in other divisions where they don't have like direct access to the customer? How can they have a more customer-centric approach throughout the organization as well? We have a good practice there at Volvo. That is very interesting. Sometimes we have a lot of people that work in industry there, in the factory. Mm. So assembly trucks or, or some assembly operations and things like that. So how can they feel that they are close to the customer, that they have enough, enough importance for the customer? We, are, we have a kind of a events there that we bring customers, like a speech that the customers tells, tell about the, the, the own experience with the brand and how they face the truck, how they face our services. But sometimes it's quite difficult to have everybody there in a, in a stage to see everything that is going on with this customer. We have other practices that we have some groups before the, 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 the pandemic, we had some groups that we were going to our dealers. Some groups, the only people that, that were working in the factories were going to these dealers to face the real life that we say that. It's that kind of a real life program that we call there. And for example, factory leaders, quality representatives, process engineers. So people that are not in an easy way in contact with our customers in the daily business. This is why this was quite helpful because those people were looking the real life there and were bringing this way of working to the, the factory and say, oh, come on, I was there in that customer. And that customer says that, okay, this specific parameter, they don't care about this, but they care about other things that we as factory are not carrying. This outside in vision is very important. So we need to stimulate even more this as soon as we have this pandemic over, I believe that will be good to invest even more with that. And we have some videos that right now we are recording for our customers. And these customers is saying, okay, what are the parameters that's very important in the customer point of view? So fuel consumption is a very important aspect. Second is the productivity in our shops. How can we improve the speed in our workshops. And this means that how can we improve the speed to solve problems in the factory? So we are doing this kind of association. Agility, not only the workshop side, but agility, internal agility to improve, uh, for instance, quality problems. How can we speed up our way of working to deliver a better agility in the field? So it's a kind of a, a chain that we have in the process. And right now, with this employee experience program, we are informing those guys that as soon as we improve one single aspect in our production, in our process side, this can affect our customer there in the field. So we have a, a kind of a association of actions that we do internally that can affect the customer in the field. But this takes time, Absolutely. a lot of time. So we need to have real examples on our hands to show to the people, okay, so if I change one, one product line here, the process line in the factory, this can affect the customer in some seconds in terms of saving time to uh, assemble a truck. This means that, just an example, if I, uh, I produce uh, 50 trucks a day, I can produce 51. Mm -hmm. This means that we have more trucks available to the field and so on. So these kind of associations we are doing, and this is very important. Otherwise, uh, uh, the people in the factory will be in a kind of an island, separate uh, of the real, the real world. It is not uh, working well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the clear theme is like what we do internally, like echoes to the customer, right? Like you mentioned, right. employee experience, the importance of that, for example, as a yeah. precondition to succeed in customer experience. And I just had a question around that specifically. So thinking about tools to make sure that you're delivering on what you just uh, said and making sure that employee experience is at, at the high that you hope to be. How do you think about CX tools in, in particular? And uh, how can CX tools 
serve as an engine for growth. So not only something that in, introduces like efficiency to an, an organization, but rather like is something that actually makes a difference in the bottom line. So something that mm -hmm. either helps revenue grow over the long term or helps profit grow over the long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I use the simple principle that you don't manage it, that you don't see. So this is the, the main aspect. That's why we are investing a lot, a lot in terms of the voice of customer. And five years ago, we were working with two different uh, tools that were not uh, good enough in terms of the real perception, the fuel, because we need to have the real perception each dealer in each process, because we have dealers, as I explained, spread around Latin America. So if I have closed-ended questions, for example, I have five questions asking the, the, the customer in terms of, oh, how do you think about the quality of the truck? How do you think about the comfort of the truck? How do you think about, I don't know, the brake system of the truck? The customer, you answer, okay, it's good. It's not good. It's not good because I have I had a one complaint in the past about these things. But one thing that's very important that was a challenge for us three years ago, we'd like to listen to the customers in terms of their point of view, not our point of view. And again, I can repeat, outside the envision. So how can we collect the perception from the customer point of view? What the customer would like to say to us in terms of good things and about improvements? That's why we were uh, looking for a one-two. We are researching a lot of different uh, ways of doing these surveys. And we discovered one company on that past in Silicon Valley in the US that is a Vortex in a curiosity that was founded by a Brazilian guy. And this, uh, I can say that the communication was quite easier yeah, at that time to understand the way of work. But this was a very interesting and uh, intelligent way of uh, doing these surveys because they think about the principle of uh, customer decision. What are the main parameters that the customer used to decide about buy a truck or buy a service or continuing the relationship with us? And this was quite interesting. Right now we are using this since 2029, uh, 2019. And uh, since 2019, we are working a pilot project. This was the first semester of 2019. Understand how this uh, survey was working at that time. And we identified that we don't need a lot of questions for our customers. We only need to ask the customer if that specific service is worth it or not. As an example, if you have exchanged an oil in a, in a specific dealer, we are informing to this customer, okay, I, I see here in our system that a couple of days ago, you were there in the specific deal exchange oil for our truck. How was this experience there? Is worth it or not? And the customer, yes, yeah, worth it. Okay, can you consider if I scale a score for us between zero and 10? Okay, it was uh, nine. Okay, so we would like to say more about this uh, nine score. Yes, yes, okay, it was pretty good because on the time I, I was, I can say in contact with a specific guy, the name is, I don't know, Luis, and this guy uh, was... Uh, uh, giving a good information about my truck. But I have uh, one complaint here because uh, next time I believe that would be better if I go there to see uh, a specific thing in my engine of my truck. Okay, so there is a specific thing that you'd like to pay attention on that. And then we have a kind of a role play with the customer. Definitely. And this is very important because we can collect these uh, answers from our customers. They put this in a, in a machine learning and we can combine these words and collect exactly the experience that these customers is facing at each point of contact. For yeah. sure. So, and I think it's also something like that you, if you don't have the open-ended, you never, you're blinded to a lot of these, of this feedback, yeah. right? Yeah, you have a limited feedback. So yeah. you are asking about the specific thing and you have an answer about this specific thing. Finished. 
And we have a, an opportunity to listen more about the customer. And sometimes when the customer is pissed off about uh, any service and, and you ask it about a, a closed question, sometimes the customer is not, uh, not answering exactly that closed question and open a big complaint. And sometimes you cannot identify what is real going on and how can you drive this complaint to our company. And with this new way of working, we have a decision points and decision pillars that you consider that, that we can identify the good things that you are doing and, of course, the things that you need to improve. And another specific point in terms of technology of the survey is that we can uh, achieve a high granularity in terms of the data, in terms of the feedbacks. So uh, we can see what is the perception of the customer in a specific area northeast of Brazil that is quite different compared to the southeast of Brazil. So we can have this difference, we can have this impression because we have data in our hands to define what, are, what kind of actions we need to take with those guys in the Northeast and the kind of actions that are quite different to take in the Southeast. So we have a big platform that we can have this granularity and work with the specific deals in, in all action plans that we have. In the past, this was quite, this was quite impossible. Impossible. Because, yeah, because we receive data once a year and imagine it to talk about uh, customer experience once a year. So one action that we take right now, uh, tomorrow is not, not valid anymore. So, uh, we, uh, we, yeah, with Vortex, we have a constant way to, to retain uh, the voice of customers on a daily basis, and we can work in a fresh moment, right? So sometimes we have a condition to drive in a specific complaint to our dealer and say, come on, pay attention this, on this guy that complained a lot about this specific process. And this happened two days ago. So it's quite easy to fix some issues that the customers face. So it's Absolutely. quite interesting. And right now we have a high maturity, I can say. Yeah? And the dealers are, I can say, on board. This is very important. The dealers believe on this tool. Because they believe because they see that, okay, this problem that we raise here is exactly what is going on. Yeah. In Absolutely. my this is very important right now. And if I may, like, how was the process of searching for these tools and understanding what you needed at the time? And how did you think about choosing one? Like now there's a lot coming up yeah. and all of them are to have a specific, try to solve a specific pain point. So it's really hard for people out there who are trying to introduce new tools as well to make a case internally or to compare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how did you go about it? I believe that uh, the important point that was, I can say, a specific moment that we define, okay, we need something new. It was when we decide to put the questions on the table. So how is this uh, experience in a specific deal in Northeast, as I as explained? How can you obtain uh, granularity in the data? How can you obtain good dashboards and things like that? And after that, we, we went to the field to identify what kind of suppliers we have to attend these expectations. I believe that you need to set the expectations first. Uh, otherwise, we will be by this, these companies. Okay, NPS is good, or Vertex is good. These can give a good experience. We have a several different suppliers in the world that can deliver a good dashboards for you or good information. But first point, we need to, we need to write what are the main expectations and combine these in, in, with different people in your company. So let's do it this kind of questionnaire. What kind of questions we need to solve? And then we can go to the field and try to identify what kind of company can attend these demands. I believe this was a, a very important point. And that's why we have discovered on that time Vortex to work with us. I'm not saying that works the best in the world. And I'm not saying that they're not a competitor is the worst in the world. So depends on the, the maturity, depends on the culture of each company. 
how you can use any specific tool. But this one, I believe that is answer our questions. This is the, the, the big add value that we have right now. And that's why we are expanding this activation with Vortex. So not in whole Latin America, because it's adding a lot of value to our process, our customers. For sure. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, it's a very clear process that people can follow. So thank yeah. you so much. I think it's something that a lot of people go through troubles with or they don't have a systematic way to approach it. And you always end up making the wrong decision. And if you make the wrong decision with the tools you're using, you're... Yeah, your and job. sometimes you go, sometimes you go in a Congress, for example, yes. or, and you have a lot of suppliers there attacking a lot with a lot of advertising, things like that. Sometimes you are sometimes confused about a lot. Yeah, a lot of things that we are receiving, a lot of folders and flyers and things like that. And uh, what are the, the main tools that can help your business? But what kind of things that you need to solve in our company? So sometimes you don't think about this. And this is the important point. You need to think about what are the main things that you need to solve in our company. Yeah, absolutely. I think now it will be interesting to talk more about you personally and give a window into who you are and how you came to CX. Uh, a lot of people end up in CX like by accident or you find different opportunities and then discover that your skill set just married perfectly with CX. But I'd like mm -hmm. to like hear about you. Yeah, you started in engineering and went into quality, became a quality manager, developed your skill set there and now uh, working customer experiences at one of the largest, most customer-centric companies in the world. So yeah, just if you can walk us through the, like your career so far and what you wanted to be when you were younger and how did you end up where you are today? I can say that working with customer experience was, was a kind of accident, right? A positive accident, I can say these words. <laughs> but actually, I started to, to work with, with quality on that path. I was a quality engineer. And, uh, but before I studied engineering, I was working with, with IT before. So I was responsible to work with IT. And then on that time, I was working with, our, with customers. We started to work with customers. And then I started to work in a dealer. And then work in a dealer and then work in a workshop as an intern on that time. This was before the 20s, I believe, like that. And then working as quality engineer, I was paying attention a lot in details. And this was one thing that drove my career to give more attention to customers. So how can we work in details, work in a, in a very good quality product and quality process to deliver the better experience to our customers? But on that time, I believe between 2025, I believe that was, was not the term customer experience or not to use it, I can say customer service or customer way of work and things like that. Okay, but I continued this, this journey in quality and then I moved in, the, in 2011, I moved to a services company in telecom. This was very good because a very agile company that I had opportunity to work in a, with fast, faster processes and things like that. And my experience as quality manager was important to, to improve some processing services based on the processes. And this was pretty good. So being more uh, in contact with customers. And this was uh, very interesting. And then when I moved back to the automobile industry, right now at Volvo in 2013, this uh, was good because uh, I was working in emergency services. That's a kind of, that we call Volvo Action Service, that we manage the breakdowns of the trucks and things like that. And we were hearing a lot of complaints to the customers. Okay, I am in the road right now. My truck is broken. So I need assistance right now and things like that. This energy from the field, this energy to, from the final customer is interesting. So be involved with that because we need to have a, a sense of urgency in, in the moment that the problem is happening. 
So combine everything, I believe that right now as responsible for services and customer experience, I believe it's a good combination because uh, through services, we can deliver a good experience to our customers. And then as an engineer, I believe that I had to round a little bit the square. So my mindset is not systematic as, uh, as the standard that Absolutely. we have. In the it's most rare. Part. It feels like you have both sides, right? The human right, aspect, right. even from the experiences and yeah. also the very systematic thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before 2000, I believe that I was uh, working with this IT and supporting some guys. I remember that time that I was working with this customer mindset without knowing that the customer experience will be a big issue in the, in the future. That was a career that I developed according to the, the path that I have defined, but not exactly the path of an engineer. I believe that being in contact with customers, we can learn a lot. Yeah, in Definitely. quality, you have this opportunity. But of course, we have an opportunity to face problems. And how can we solve problems with these customers? And this can give us a lot of experience, a lot of basis to work as a, a customer experience manager, right? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. And how did the engineering training, like how did the engineering training help you solve problems quicker and more efficiently and everything? Because I can imagine if you're dealing with like breakdowns of trucks on a daily basis at the time as well, like it, right. it must be traveled by fire a lot of the times. So how do you... How did you manage that? How did your experience as an engineer help you through that? I believe that a lot in terms of analytics, of course, in terms of data. You need to work when you work with quality, mainly with quality, you need data in your hands. You need facts and data. This is very important. In quality, you don't need to use a kind of, I think, I believe. So this is not acceptable when you work with quality. So we need to, to work with real data in our hands. We need to work with facts to affirm that we have a specific problem based on these facts, on based on this Pareto analysis, or based on this graph, on these uh, specific points. And then a, a lot of a logical mindset as well, that we can associate one data from one side with another data to other side. We can do a, this kind of association of the things. I believe that this, for an engineer, can help a lot when we work in a, in a customer experience side. Uh, Definitely. This is a good Definitely. base. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's great advice for uh, young people also like growing through customer experience now that as we discussed throughout the whole conversation, data is probably the most important focus, even when it comes to, to customer experience. As a chatter mill, that's what we live as well. Try to enforce as well. We see the power that data can have. Absolutely. And in terms of advice for young professionals as well in CX or either even managers who are trying to increase their effect in the organization that they're working in, what type of advice do you, would you give to them? I know we talked a lot about skills, but even going even more into that, what type of things do you think they should be focusing on? What type of problems do you think they should be getting involved with and trying to solve so they can actually have a positive effect, not only on their career, but also in the, in the rest of their organization? I believe that one CX professional needs to have some specific soft skills. I'm not talking about hard skills, but hard skills, you can go to a specific course, you can learn and develop some specific tools, for example, yeah? But the main soft skills that I believe that's important is communication is one of the important points because you need to persuade some people, persuade some top management components that the customer at the center is important or not. You need to insist on that. You need to show to the top management based on data that customer experience is important to the company in terms not only to the customer point of view, but in terms of revenue as well, yeah? in terms of profitability. Another important point that you need to be insistent sometimes. Yeah, You need to bring these uh, topics some uh, different times for different people, but talking about the same thing. 
So we need to try to convince the community that this is important. So we need to have some patience to work with these topics. I see in the market a lot of people saying that work with uh, customer experience, but customer experience is, is a philosophy. It's a kind of a lean management. It's not a tool that we have a dashboard here and say, okay, now we are doing customer experience. So it's a kind of a philosophy that you need to convince the top management, you need to convince the tactical level of the company that is important because this brings money, this brings profitability to the company at the end of the history, right? You need to be ins insistent sometimes to put this concept in the company's mindset. Another important point that I see is, according to my experiences, more factual based, as I explained before. You need data, you need verbal teams from the customers, you need to real life, bring the real life to the top management. This is important. This is the pain points that we're facing because the customer is complaining. This is the beginning of the bad process, I can say. And this is how the process is really working. Here is the data based on this process and we need to improve that. It's not a good way when you only show the problem. When you show, okay, this is happening. So this is the problem of the company. No, you, you need to have an investigation mindset. You need to bring the whole history. So we have this complaint. We have this data that's proving that complaint is valid. We have this problem in this process, and this is the proposal to solve the problem. So this holistic view is very important. So thinking about the end-to-end -end process in terms of improvement. It's difficult to find professionals that they have that. Uh, Absolutely. That but it's, it makes it for a great also entry level for any people trying to get into business and everything, like being customer uh, in customer experience from the yeah. start can be very positive because like you said, you develop, you're, yeah. it's not only like that you will develop, it's like a necessity to develop exactly. these both sides. Exactly. Both the yeah, because... Yeah, as a CEO or CFO or COO, for example, they are not in, in real contact with operations. Sometimes they, exactly. are, they are in a high level, they don't see what's happening. But sometimes when you receive a complaint from a customer, okay, what's going on? This is real or the customer is trying to take some advantage on that? So yeah. let's see what is going on. And it's important that the top management goes there in the game, but to see how the things are, are, are doing so. Uh, and the person that is working with CX needs to invite the top management to see the reality. Absolutely. Yeah? This is very important. Come on, uh, let's go there. Let's go downstairs. Let's see what's going on. Let's go there in the counter to see how the customer is buying a part or uh, the customer is buying a cloth, whatever. So uh, let's see with our own eyes what the things are going on. And let's observe what kind of process can deliver problems as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and these, I can say, it's part of the personality of the person. So the person needs to involve as most as possible the people in the company. So it's rare to find one person that can combine facts and data with this kind of behavior. That's, That's why it's so difficult to find people work with the real CX. We have people work with frontline, with a customer. You can see a lot of people work with data or other people work with surveys. But we have one profession that can combine the ecosystem of customer experience is, is quite difficult. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think I completely agree. I think it's very rare for that to happen. And in terms of people in CX as well, I think they, they would be really fascinated to hear more about your knowledge diet. What's, what are your favorite learning resources when it comes to CX or business in general? And how do you make sure that you stay on top of the game? Like we know how competitive like the environment is for everything now. So, yeah, just uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Oh, great. As uh, I mentioned in the beginning, I'm in contact with Forrester Research. I believe that's one of the biggest institutes that are giving a lot of information to us, benchmarks as well. 
McKinsey have uh, they 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 have good reports in terms of customer experience as well that I learned a lot from them. Harvard Business Review, they have good cases. MIT Technology Review is another magazine that is given a very good material in terms of customer experience in data, in data-driven companies mainly. We have one group that call Friends of CX that here in Brazil is Amigos do X, Friends of CX, that we have a more than 1,300 professionals in the same group in Telegram that we exchange experiences. This is an important point. Not only a real books or real, I can say, what is big companies like this consultancy company. So I believe that these groups that they have professionals, we can learn a lot. And right now, uh, curiously, I'm working with a clubhouse as well. So we have some groups That's, in clubhouse and absolutely. some discussions that you can learn a lot in, in single one hour. So in one hour, you can learn a lot about tech, about good practice and things like that. So uh, this kind of social media, you can learn a lot, right? Uh, we have opportunity to obtain good content. We can uh, meet good professionals. And I believe that, uh, that you need to eat for this source, of course. Uh, it's a lot of uh, good materials that we can uh, improve. And books, I can say that these two ones that I mentioned at the beginning are very professional. We are very consistent to start to work with CX. But thinking about the professionals, I believe that if you find these communities, this can help a lot, of course. Absolutely. I think, yeah, all customer experience professionals are very like avid readers. But another thing that we're noticing is this, the power of a community-based learning as well, right? Friends of CX being a great group, another one being CX Accelerator. And we had a conversation uh, a couple weeks ago with Ali Goldberg, who founded the CX Gurus on Clubhouse, which Mm -hmm. is like, it's growing so much. So yeah, I, I go in these groups and I can say for myself that I learn more in these groups than I do even through the books right. uh, around CX, right? Yeah, and if you use LinkedIn, for example, you put hashtag CX, oh my God, you can see a lot of content. A lot, a lot of, of content. Yeah, talking about and quality CX, content. Why, yeah, good, exactly, good, fil- exactly. good filters. Yeah. So, yes, you can see very good professionals, uh, consultants work, that work for a long time with CX. You can learn a lot, right? Definitely. So uh, Definitely. I can say in two hours, you can learn a lot if you do a kind of a research on the internet. It's very possible. Of course, we have bad things as well, but you need to filter it and only enjoy what is uh, adding value of course absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. awesome yeah i think just before we wrap this up i think it'll be interesting to just uh, talk a little bit about covid and the pandemic and how that has affected your cx philosophy and the main Mm -hmm. lessons that you're that you've taken from these this past year and a half and how you're going to apply it to 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 the future now at volvo Okay, so last year, I believe it was in April, yeah, in the beginning of the COVID situation here in Brazil, we had to stop just the survey for two months because we didn't know about the future. So it was a very uncertain moment at that time. So that's why we had to stop. But then we, we restarted again, in, it was in June. And then in June, we were with the survey working as well. And then the market was recovering, things like that. So this was, was not affected too much as in terms of the surveys. But the rest uh, of the strategy was uh, was on the top because we considered that the customer center is the main thing that we need to consider in our company. So that's why we didn't have a second priority for CX. We defined that we continuously need to put the customer at the center. We need to work on that. But in these COVID times that you are working a lot in terms of home office and things like that, right now we can say that we are we are closer to our customers. I can say it this way. Because the dealers are working more with our customers because sometimes it's quite impossible to open the workshop due to this COVID lockdowns and things like that. 
and they are working with the customers and call to the customers to do the maintenance in the customer side, the customer location. And this is very positive right now. And we are learning a lot with that, that we really need to have big dealers, big locations like that, or we need to deploy the services in the customer locations. So there's a kind of opportunity that we are seeing right now. And even with this, uh, this home office activity, we have a lot of representatives that on that past were traveling around uh, Latin America in, I can say, in, in three weeks per, per month. And right now we are not traveling anymore and we are doing the same service. So, wow, we have some good things to learn on that side. So I can say that um, in terms of the strategy is not affecting and, and I believe that is uh, becoming more intense with our customer, I can say it this way. Yeah, because we are learning the new way of new way of working with those guys, just as I can say. Yeah, it forces you to ask the big questions and like really narrow the focus of what what moves the needle. This is something yeah. that we're noticing at our company as well. Yes, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think Good. we can end up at a better note. I just want to thank you so much. It's it's been a pleasure. Great chat. Learned a lot. I hope. Hope it was useful for everyone also listening. And yeah, where can where can they find you uh, on LinkedIn and Twitter and everything, whatever you want to leave our audience with? Any last words? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to thank you for the opportunity. And CX is one topic that I love. So I love being in contact with customers. And I, I'm learning a lot. I'm a learner of this process. And I can see that being a lifelong learner is the, the way to work with CX. Every day we have a new thing to learn. We have a new tool being launched in the market. I'm learning a lot with Vortex as well. Vortex is expanding a lot to the way of working with other customers. And we can combine good experience with those guys. And uh, yeah, and I'm passionate about services, about servitization. I've been working a lot of this topic for, for a long year, some years. As a natural, I'm a mechanical engineer, but right now I believe that the product is the base of everything. But right now we are in the services era and we need to work more with data. We need to work more with soft skills and the middle of these changes nowadays in terms of the new economy. And the people that listen here, the, the podcast, I believe that would be good if you can find me in a LinkedIn without space. And we can find me there. And feel free to send me a message. It will be a pleasure to answer it, to exchange some experience, of course. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, the CX community is one of the most uh, generous and they love to connect. So highly recommend yeah. you get in touch. And thank you again, Rodrigo. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much.